0: Way, David, episode four, The Craftsman, still season one, yes, Eric Hollenbeck. Mm. And in this episode, we're looking at him uh, going into a home there that looked like it was derelict for however many years. They said that the windows were broken out, there were bullet holes in it yeah I it was condemned yeah for many years no no plumbing no, no power electric. yeah mm-hmm. uh, and so some homeowners have purchased this home and are putting a lot of um, money and resources into bringing it back exactly the way it was yes and
1: I've I noticed that there's a lot it's a, a culture in the area yeah where everyone wants to restore to original right quality. They're not about bulldozing them and building new fancy houses. They're not about taking them and turning them into uh, 1970s Duplex. ranches. <laughs> they're just they're taking them back to yeah the original style where right where they started their life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because they even showed an original photograph of the family yes. uh, that originally built that house. What was it? A family of seven? I believe so. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, he has been tasked with going in and said he rebuilt most of the doors mm-hmm. and actually fabricated from scratch recreation of one of those doors. Yes, and this episode focused mostly on taking down a plaster corbel, uh, or he had to find one that was a the right fit. Had to have a completely flat backing to it
1: correct and uh yeah a would, lot of them wrapped around corners yeah whether they were carved and i can't tell they were carved in place or formed in place or if, if they were all built separately right but he said that they were that they would wrap around a corner yeah uh some of them into a, a hallway or wherever the walkway turned yeah. and or a bump out was in an archway
0: so he couldn't use them right
1: as a pattern because the
0: ones he needed needed that perfectly they, flat back. Exactly. Yeah. And so he's able to find one. It looked like it was right next to a staircase. Yeah. It was on a flat wall. And then with the homeowner watching, which we all love that <laughs> when they hover <laughs> behind you and ask you questions, yeah. um, he was able to carefully uh, take it off, remove it. Yeah. And then bring it back to his shop, and then he uh, he used some product. It was uh, it was like a paint lifter, mm-hmm. and took off, you know, however many years of paint and repaint and all of that on top of it.
1: Yeah, and he was he was talking about the the story that each layer told. Yeah, you know, of a different homeowner or a different idea or different whatever. I think they came across some gold leaf yeah they the, down in the, the, the very
0: bottom layer uh-huh. uh discovered that at one point it was gold leaf yeah um which is pretty fascinating and then whenever he actually got all of those layers of paint off it was much more detailed and crisp underneath yeah. that the original plaster actually had quite a lot of detail and sharp edges in mm-hmm. it all of that had been lost from the years and years of just, I guess people just slapped paint at it yes, with a brush. And it just sort of over time sort of started to look like a worn headstone, you know, where you can't (laughs) quite make out the details and the the grooves and everything. Yeah. It made,
1: in my opinion, the rest of them would look, um, kind of muted. Yeah. In comparison to the new ones. Right. Because even the one he took off, its partner or its mirror image is right across the walkway or across the hall. Yeah. So it's going to look, it's going to stand out, you know, very muted, I guess is is the word. And, uh, from the one he puts back up. So they, he may end up pulling all of them off or they may strip them in place.
0: Yeah. If I were the homeowner and I was going to the, time and expense to have some recreated, I would definitely have some sort of treatment done to all the ones that are still standing. Yeah. But you know, he made that comment after they made that mother mold. um, He repaired any little broken corners or parts that Mm -hmm. weren't quite right. uh, And then he made this mold and he made the comment to Caesar, one of the guys that works with him, we can make these over and over and as many as we need. As many as we want. Yeah. Yeah. So that might be the way it winds up going, you yeah. know, depending on what the homeowner decides. Yeah. I did think that was,
1: was pretty brilliant. That, yeah. You know, now we have a way. It, it wasn't a one-off job. Right. That they yeah. could, you know, they saw that they might have to do more in the future.
0: And, and um, it worked out that they could. Mm-hmm. And and after he got the mother mold and he made the the box that holds the mother mold to keep it all secure i mean you, you saw the bag right beside it it was plaster of paris yeah the bag yeah put it in a big bowl like a mixing bowl worked it all up into the right consistency and you saw him just dump it in yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm sure he probably uh banged it against the table or something to get air bubbles out sure. and all of sure, that sure. good stuff um yeah it was pretty uh it was interesting because while I was watching that, I was thinking someone tasked me with the same thing because whenever you have a hammer, the world looks like a nail. I probably would have been tempted to uh, take a 3D scan, Yeah. put it into a mesh or a cloud, and then say, okay, we can, can print this or we can machine it yeah. out of, you know, Layers of stacked wood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and here he is. Uh, he has a mixing bowl and a bag of uh, plaster of Paris. Yeah. And just made a mold and recreated it. And in many ways, that's superior because it's actually out of plaster. That's yeah. what they're supposed to be made yeah, out of. Yeah. That's what the original you know? was. So, so um, you know, new is not always better. Um,
1: and well, I think we've correct me if i'm wrong i think we've seen this before in a different a different show where they were restoring a train car yes the trolley the no no it
0: wasn't oh, on the different craft episode. yeah
1: it was a different show altogether yes, yes yes and i thought they made molds like maybe it was the ship they did a bunch of different ones But i thought they did some of those silicone molds yep. for the molding in there that was rotted, yep, or missing or gone, yeah, but I thought they did some of that before
0: um, mold making is very much a an art that's still alive among sculptors, so in Glasgow, yeah um, that was my first real exposure to mold making and people who have been trained for years in making. A positive positive and a negative and a mother mold and
1: yeah it's it's an art in itself It is, it really is because I, I think you could screw it up it, really easily
0: yeah i i think you would um you would learn very quickly that you're not good at it <laughs> the, whatever because it there's this whole i've watched mold makers whenever you set something in front of them and they get down eye level with mm-hmm. it they set it on like the edge of the table and they get down like to where their eye is exactly at the level of it. And they look around it and they're like, there's an undercut here, there's an undercut here, an yeah. undercut here. And so they know where they're gonna have to split that mold and almost do it in two pieces or make the yeah. mold split sideways instead of top and bottom. And right. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot to it. And he was able to determine that he didn't have to do all of those steps, although he used a flexible mold so you can peel it. You can get away with a lot more with a flexible mold.
1: Well. It kind of had to to get in all that intricate yeah. detail, yeah, and then be able to
0: remove the mm-hmm. the mold, you know, without it being split. Right.
1: It'd have to be flexible to get it
0: around so, all that. He obviously knows this is not his first time to do a mold. No, like that.
1: it didn't seem like it was his first time. Yeah. yeah. He didn't watch a YouTube video and then just, go after it. He's got it
0: playing on his phone, sitting on his workbench <laughs> as he's doing one step at a <laughs> time. No, it, it, it's that sort of thing is just fascinating. To me, and to watch somebody that knows that much about, um, we've talked about it before. He knows a little bit about everything. Yeah. Everything. Take that back. He probably knows a lot about everything, yeah. you know, at that level. Um, yeah. So he was able to make that, recreate it, and deliver it. And then also, um, part of that episode, he was taking an old plane, mm-hmm. uh, and restoring it for, um, yeah, it looked like a jet plane. I don't for, know that much about planes. What was I looking at? So
1: that I don't know that much about them either. Yeah, I haven't used them much or or researched them much. I think I think it was a jet plane, uh-huh. which is like a surfacing okay plane. Um, they make others for different radiuses or yeah. you know different uh, designs uh-huh. or you know recesses or curves or like they make them for almost everything
0: so planes are used just like um, a shaper if you will like to get a certain profile or a certain radius yes
1: they're the they're the original routers
0: right right Uh, and we both made the comment when we were watching it you know he's taking this thing apart and he obviously understands it because he goes well this has the wrong chip breaker on it yeah and that's what was on the the plane and somebody had put it on there, but he just like immediately looked at it. Was like, Well, that's not even the right part. I and he walks over to that corner of his shop and he's got all these planes just lined up on shelves. Like,
1: well, yeah, and I think you had stepped out of the room, but it was panning around showing different stuff. Yeah. And he has some, uh, some wooden profile planes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a few hanging on the wall. I Mm -hmm. I think they're really, really cool because he shaped the knife and he shaped the plane to cut this, you know, intricate um, like profile. Right. Where it could have a, like, say, a positive and a negative. So outward and and then an inward cove. But there were stacks of them on shelves covered in cobwebs and dust, just an entire wall. And then it showed his more modern planes, like the one he was working on. Yeah. from the early 1900s right and there was hundreds of those as well and i certainly appreciate the tooling and the knowledge he had because he like you say he knew right then and there something isn't right yeah just by looking the, at it this is the part that doesn't fit
0: right it's supposed to do this this can't do that and then walked over to a box of parts that had a layer of dust on it and starts digging through it because he knew he had one yeah. that was actually supposed
1: to go in But it, that who point. knows how many he went through. Yeah. yeah, And he could just hold them up and look at them and go, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. And yeah. finally, oh, yeah, here's, here's the one that mates up perfectly. Right. Uh, how How many years? <laughs> Around 80, I'd imagine. <laughs> Judging from his age, would you need to just... Pick it up and go. Yep, that's yeah. the right one, or that's the wrong one.
0: Yeah, and and those are the things that are hard to program a computer to do. I don't. I don't you know how do it. you pass that along? Like, even somebody that worked with him in his shop, would they be able to do that? You know, he has those two other gentlemen, um, Caesar, and uh, I forget the other uh, uh, employee there. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But. Could they do that? They might be able to, but my guess is they're still in training to know. Yeah. They've only been there like 10, 15 years. They're babies. Yeah. 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 Um, It's just, I've told you before that I would pay a thousand dollars to just be able to go hang out in that shop and observe, drink coffee. Yeah. And just, just watch those guys work and just be out of the way. Yeah. You know, and just walk around, not touch anything, but just look at everything on the shelves, the things hanging in the top of the shop and the things underneath yeah. the workbench and just how, you know, yeah. all of
1: these things. Being in business
0: that long, there's got to be stuff in the rafters
1: that you oh, yeah. need twice in a lifetime. Maybe. But those two times, yeah. that is exactly what you need. And you, yeah. you have to have it or you can't do whatever you're trying to do. Right. So the, the little things that, And you would have to ask a million questions just to figure out what stuff was and what it did, and
0: that—that's why I would, I wouldn't even talk. I would be so annoying if I actually (laughs) indulged, like uh, all the things that I wanted to know. Uh, It's like I would be a four-year-old, you know, just why, why, (laughs) you know, exactly. But but I'm fascinated by, and I know so little about his trade and, and, um, his discipline that I, I mean, I would be just, just an infant.
1: It it would probably be like, well, like a day with me in your shop. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not,
0: you're not like that at all. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, it's fascinating, um, just to look at a space like that because, you're you're talking about a man that um, has spent. I don't know when he moved into that shop. I'm sure it wasn't when you know he's probably twenty or thirty or something like that. You're talking about a man that spent fifty or sixty years standing on the same floors, yeah, walking around, worn out countless pairs of soles, just on those particular places. And I guarantee you, in some of those machines, if it's a wood floor. That wood's a quarter-inch thin. Yeah. Thinner than what it was from original, just, just from, from him the wear. walking across it. Yeah. And the, I don't know, the, the whole thing is fascinating to me. But, you know, the plane that he was rebuilding, he made a comment that it was actually for one of uh, a gentleman that used to be his neighbor mm-hmm. that made the surfboards. Yeah. And he kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent where he was saying, you know, it's not the easiest thing to be a neighbor of someone with a sawmill. Yeah. You know, and I I thought about that. And I thought, you know, that's an interesting, um, it's an insight into his character, right? Because he doesn't look at his neighbors as enemies or stupid or I'm just trying to make a living. And, you know, they're complaining about this or they're complaining about that. He looks at it as we all have to live together and we want to be the best neighbors we can. We know there's things that aren't necessarily great about living next to us, but like he made the comment, we give away our sawdust and our shavings for people that own horses and things like that instead of selling it just so that we can maintain that relationship and give someone like a, you know, hey, listen, sorry, I know that you're hearing the backup alarm on my forklift. Right at 4 a.m. Sometimes, you yeah. know,
1: I, I did, I, I heard that, and I thought, I. So this whole day, that this episode fit the, the day you and I are having here, because we went over to your neighbors mm-hmm. to look at a piece of equipment that you built him <laughs> out of scrap. Because when you were building your shop, he showed up, being a good neighbor. Oh yeah, and was like, "Hey, let me help you." Yeah. And Eric started out this episode saying, you know, good neighbors, you just show up and help them. You don't ask what they need. You just show up and do it. Yeah. Which is exactly what your neighbors did when you Mm -hmm. moved
0: here. And this is a, it's a rural area. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, there was very little traffic out here. Yeah. But, you know, it was mostly cows and Mm -hmm. hay, some great, uh, great vineyards. Uh Um, you know and and they're they're all uh, italians uh, he's one of the original families that came here you know when they came back in my goodness oh 1919 wow. or a while I mean, ago yeah. yeah yeah but that still holds on with some of these families where whenever you're away or whenever you're doing this or doing that they just show up yeah yeah unannounced you know, and just sort of, uh, well, even my other neighbor uh, across the way um, that helps with the scrap metal and everything, Yeah, he would look at my property across the field with binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> and he saw, this is before I even really knew it at all, that uh, I had a slab poured and I was starting to put up uh, the red iron. Yeah. He brought over a... 30 foot aluminum ladder and two big, um, gangplank walk boards that you can set on scaffolding. Yeah. And there was two guys in the truck with him. They just started unloading the truck and set them off. And he goes, I know you're building a building. You'll need these. I goes, (laughs) "Uh, just let me know when you're done with them.
1: Yeah. People, people still amaze me to that, Mm. that instance, you know, being that, that good. I I don't uh, associate with a lot of people. I'm kind of a homebody. Keep to myself a lot. But I there's a few neighbors I'll talk to here and there. Last time I went on vacation um, I came home. To, uh, it was a 10 day out of town vacation. Came home. My neighbor across the street had mowed half my yard. I caught him midway mowing my yard. <laughs> yeah. And about a week later, I talked to another neighbor of mine and she said, yeah, I told my lawn guy to go mow your lawn, but he said it was already done so he couldn't yeah. mow it. And I'm like, I barely talk to you. Right. You guys, like, I'll help you out to do anything I can. But yeah, it's not like we have dinner together or right. whatever. It's just, being nice and, and neighborly uh-huh. and help out where you can. Yeah. And they went out of their way to help me. And it made me just kind of, kind of realize that maybe, maybe I judge people too quick or I let a few bad apples dictate how I see all people. And I and th- that's, yeah,
0: I think that's human nature though. I, and I, I know where you're coming from because whenever they do something nice for me, I'm paranoid that they're like, Well, he's the weird guy that doesn't just show up and that's what I thought. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's not because I don't care, it's because I, I get so focused on what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I neglect a lot of the things I need to do. Right. You know, right. um and, and so some of those things suffer. But yeah, it is um and and I've said it before and you know, don't want to be like droning on about it but i think so much of uh being a craftsman is about trying to do a good job in almost every facet of your life Mm -hmm. not just with your hands but like in your community and in your your family and all of those things like it's and i've done it before i put tons of time and effort and focus on making something just right with my hands in my shop. Yeah. And then I turn around and, you know, I haven't replaced the lawnmower blades (laughs) in like a year and a (laughs) half. It's just bending the grass over and not actually cutting it. Right. And I'm like, what, you know, it doesn't even take that long. It just takes, you know, a little bit of compartmentalization. Yeah. And saying, I need to do a good, good job on this too. You know? So, um, but yeah, I I think he he just seems like the kind of neighbor that you would want to have and almost this um he's got to be almost like a grandfather figure to so many people. He has to be.
1: Just the way he talks to everyone yeah. and interacts with not only his family but his clients yeah. and it, it it's the same guy. Yeah. You know, some people have their, their client face and their family Persona. face and yeah. and they're, you know, it's just me at home by myself face. Yeah. Like there's so many hats they wear. Right. That that it's a different person. But he seems genuinely, yeah, not just on camera, but genuinely like uh, like a good hearted person. Yeah. That just treats everybody great. Whether they're gonna help him, pay him, um, or return the the generosity or the kindness, mm-hmm. he just automatically assumes like I'm gonna treat you good because you're human and I'm a human.
0: Yeah, he's not making a calculation before he decides whether or not to be a no. good person or not. He's like, this is my default. Yeah, and this is how we're gonna. Because I, you know, I was joking with you um, <laughs> when we were watching the episode, but. Um, he also exercised an incredible amount of patience and just understanding <laughs> with that homeowner. Yeah. Who was in his hip pocket. Yeah. Volume. You know, and sort of just right there talking to him and doing all that stuff. And, um, it's not like all homeowners, uh, A, most homeowners don't do that. B, even the ones that do, sometimes it's just genuine interest and curiosity and there's no malice in it or no, anything like that. So he handled that just, the best way you possibly could.
1: Yeah, and I know. don't think she had any ill intent. No, or... I think she was enthusiastic. She was, and yeah, the, I'm sure there's something about a
0: cameraman being there. The and there's a producer that's saying, "Can you ask him questions?" Or yeah, you know who knows? It's produced, so it, you know, yeah, to a degree, I think. It yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, but uh, he just seems like a genuine person mm-hmm. that is. Um, like you said, he uh, he's not trying to figure out whether he needs to be nice to the person or not. He just is. He went to the donut shop to get donuts, yeah. And the donut shop guy was like, "No, just take them; they're yeah. free." You know,
1: we showed up and there were, there was a fist bump before you yeah. put an order in.
0: So the, he obviously knew him. You yeah. know, I mean, had a relationship. Yeah. With, he was even talking. Like you yeah, grow, you
1: stay in the town you grew up in. Yeah, and, you know, you're gonna know almost everybody.
0: Yeah. And this episode is the first episode we've seen of anyone wearing a logoed um, apparel from Blue Ox. Yes. Which was one of the other guys in the shop was wearing a hat.
1: Yeah. That said Blue Ox. And I did, which may have been there before, but on the back of his van, very Mm -hmm. small logo. Yeah. Blue Ox. That said Blue Ox. Right. Wasn't spray painted on the side. It wasn't four feet tall. It was, he didn't have a full wrap to where it looked like it was on flames. No, you know, he wasn't hauling a trailer he was playing music. It was just <laughs> small and modish. Yeah. And it was probably way more than he wanted. Probably. But I imagine for the show where they were like, you need to brand some stuff mm, and put yeah. some things out. Yeah. Uh, and he went as minimalist as he chose. He did.
0: Cause I don't think there's anything on the sides of the van, which that's where all the real estate is. Yeah. On the side of those panel vans. It was like on the back. It's on the back under the door handle. Yeah. Yeah. It just... And and I've noticed it before, but the van is understated. I would say it's like 83, 85. Well, maybe it's a 90s. Early 90s. Dodge. It's... Yeah. It's not square body, so it's got rounded corners. So I think it's like 90s. Late
1: 80s, early 90s.
0: Yeah. And... The grill's kind of broken on one side. The sheet metal around the fenders, or the headlights, bashed in a little bit. The headlight still works.
1: Yeah, it's it's not the showroom model. No, um,
0: but very utilitarian. Yeah, and he even joked about how it didn't have a suspension in it anymore <laughs> or anything like that. And he just and he made the comment. He goes, "Money has never been the thing that motivated me. know. you know, and you believe it when mm-hmm. you see how." he's not
1: he's not he's not about money, he's not about flashy he's he's not about showmanship, yeah he's about facts these are the facts you know, and this is what i'm gonna do, and this is how it's gonna get done, and i'm gonna deliver yeah he's he's very straightforward. I don't know just a, I feel like we keep saying this but a genuine a genuine craftsman yeah to where he's dedicated to his craft not to all the other stuff
0: right um, which is completely the other side of the spectrum of so many people now that um, They go to set up a business and like right at the forefront of their business is like, or their business plan is like, okay, start a YouTube channel, get shirts, start telling the story about how I fixed this shop up so that I could start doing my business. You know what I mean? They start like, and, and there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying he's completely on the other side of it, which is all of that he finds uninteresting and is not trying to monetize it or create a story or a legend no he's just
1: i would be surprised if he had any social media
0: yeah i can't see him tweeting a lot or uh no friending you on facebook putting things on the gram no i don't and like you said we say the same things over and over a lot of times but you also got the feeling that if he were in front of a really important client, he would talk the same way as he does to a client that he's not going to make that much money off of. Yeah. And that is the same way he talks to the guy at the donut shop. (laughs) And it's the same way that he talks to one of his guys in the shop Mm -hmm. is just this super even keel. Just no, like you said, there's no artifice. There's no like, um, Well, this is the face I use, you know, uh, when I'm with this type of person. So, yeah,
1: he's just Uh, he knows himself. Yeah, that's probably it.
0: He knows himself. Yeah. And he's he's grounded in that. And he his his value of self is not tied to um, how important this person is and if they like me. Absolutely not they could just go on down the road if they don't like him and he'll be just fine. Yeah. 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 I, I think, um, and I made the comment to you. I know I stepped out for a minute to go get my Coca-Cola out of the refrigerator. Um, but it just seemed like a really short episode. Is this shorter than some of the others? I think it, maybe just a little bit. I think it was. Yeah. But it was just a... But I could
1: say there's still a lot, a lot in it. Yeah. A lot of good in it.
0: Yeah. And one thing I meant to make the comment to you is he made those pieces, but then he even made the point to say her contractor is going to install these. Yeah. And he was helping, you know, to kind of put something in place or whatever. But I thought, oh, wow, there again. You know, he knows what he does and he knows what he does well. and he knows he's got three people. And so by going on site and doing a lot of work that does need to be done correctly, but yeah. if he can hand that off to someone else, that's what he does. And he goes back to the shop and starts doing the thing that is a, a more refined skill set that you can't just, you know, call someone out of the phone book to do. For sure. For sure. Yeah,
1: I, I did notice that. And that's like the, the last 10 miles. Yeah. That, that, like the, the glory moment mm-hmm. of I put all this work in and all this time and I did point. all this stuff and now we're going to put it up and we're going to see the crown jewel sitting in its place. And he was like, yeah, I just handed it off and, and let him do it.
0: That's a perfect point. Because so many people, they're like, no, I'll help put it in because I need to post something on Instagram (laughs) by the end of the day that shows that this is done. And again, I'm not saying that's wrong or that's whatever. He's just so far removed from that. Yeah, He's like, no, I already have a good idea of what that's going to look like when it's (laughs) on the wall. (laughs) I'm the one that pulled the other one off. Like, you know, I've got enough confidence to walk away Um if he was an action hero, he'd be the guy that doesn't look at the explosion when it goes right. off behind him. Right, right. And he's just like, oh, that's, that's fine. This is just another Tuesday, you know? Um, what? A, imagine the
1: level of stress you don't have mm. with that mindset. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that you have that mindset or that I have that mindset. I'm saying I'm just, I have that mindset everyone does well all but one apparently (laughs) eric seems to not but there's a a part of the craftsman mind is you want that satisfaction of completion
0: the dopamine of it yeah the
1: dopamine yeah and for him to not take the final step to do the final install i mean he was there yeah and he helped you know position it and, and align it and support it and do all of those things. But he wasn't the one to actually, you know, take the ball across the goal line. If right. You know. So does he still get that dopamine hit? Does he even need that? Dopamine I don't think he hit? needs it.
0: No, I, I think he enjoys the process enough that, that final completion and the, um, figurative, rip the white sheet off and say, ta-da. Yeah. He doesn't need that. I think he's got like a dopamine drip the whole process. I Yeah. I think he's enjoyed it all the way up to delivering it. And he's just like, let somebody else run it across the gold line and do the touchdown dance and all of yeah. those things. I don't care.
1: I get that. And I, I think you do too. Talking to you about the stuff that you've, that you've made and shipped overseas. That's been in, this museum and that museum you're like i didn't put a stamp on it i put my name on it i didn't tell anybody i did it it's just what i did and i got paid for it that was enough
0: it well in the part of that is my job description in that if i'm filling an order for an artist it's not my job to um to try and get into that limelight my job is to be in the background deliver the product and then let them take it from there yeah you know uh, and some artists get really touchy about it if if you try and show or do any of that that's not really in my nature and that's why I haven't had a problem yeah. and, and that I have artists still come to me and I could see the, the conflict from from that side of it if you and if you get it in the wrong hands, they're literally before your show, they're taking photographs of it and putting it on their Instagram page. Yeah, And it hasn't been the show opening yet. And that causes a real problem because Uh, it's accepted that in a lot of the art world, that artist is not the one physically making it. They're outsourcing it, especially in the European market, you know? Um, So they're
1: the, they're the one that comes with the idea or the thought or the inspiration.
0: At some level, yeah, they'll you just help bring it to life. Correct. And and there's varying degrees of it. Sometimes they'll tell you, This is my inspiration. I want you to do exactly this, 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 and this. And you execute those things. And then other times they have an inspiration and they're like, you know, sort of something like this, but not too big, but not too small. <laughs> and and you're like, okay, well, you know, and you do a sketch or you do a 3D model of it and you send it back to them. And sometimes it'll be like, yep, that's what I want. Or other times it'll be like, will you shrink that just a tiny bit? You shrink it a tiny bit. And yeah. so, so it's sort of a dance of like how much you interact. Yeah. You know, um, so, but it is very much the job description that you do it silently yeah, in the background yeah, and you don't try and claim any, um, uh, credit for it or um, try and promote your own self through that piece.
1: So do you think that's pretty similar to what he's doing there? Is he was tasked with recreating, he wasn't charged with completing the entire project.
0: I hadn't thought of it that way. And I don't know if that's how he views it or, you know, there's another side of whenever you're good and whenever you're well known, you don't need to um, promote yourself. So I get the feeling that some of these homes, especially in that historic district, when the homeowners are talking to each other at some sort of um, get-together at their house, they're like, well, you know, I had back And someone else is like, oh, yes, yeah, so I'm trying to have Hollenbeck do mine. And, oh, yeah, Hollenbeck's the best. Yeah. So if they're already having those conversations, Eric doesn't need. There's no need to. No. Push it. You, you can't buy that kind of advertisement. Yeah. Like the harder and more obscure you are to get a hold of and whatever, the better, because I don't
1: think he's playing that game either. I though.
0: don't think he's playing the game. I think he's just, whenever you know that you're going to go back to your shop and you're not going to twiddle your thumbs, you're going to work on those other 16 things. Yeah. He's sort of like, all right, you got it from here. Great. I'm going to go back. And I got It starts things. on the other thing. Yeah. You know?
1: I like that. That makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a mind game. I think he's just sort of like, <laughs> literally, my work here is done. So I'm going to go do the other things yeah. that are lined out. Uh, and he obviously comes across as a very humble guy mm-hmm. and uh, is thoughtful, too, because he made the comment about the Victorian-style homes Um even into the history, he goes, this is the first time the middle class had a little bit of money. Yeah. And they wanted to show, right? hey, we're part of this new class of people where we're not subsistence farmers or sharecroppers. Yeah. We may not own the steel mill, but, you know, we, we have means and this is sort of our, our castle. Our way to establish ourselves. Yeah. 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 So... I don't know. I've said it before. I just like that guy. I like everything about that guy. If I turn out to be just like him whenever I'm 70 or 80, I'll consider it a life well lived. Yeah. Because he just doesn't look like he has lived a life where he has to look over his shoulder or has a bunch of enemies. He's content. Very Um, much. He's always laughing. Yeah. And and sort of joking, and he just doesn't take himself seriously. Whenever he makes a mistake, or whenever he loses his coffee cup, or sets it down, or whatever, he's just like, "Well, you know, what are you yeah. gonna do?"
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a reference to an older or a different podcast we made on on knife makers, and we we're talking about the spouses of a knife maker. Yeah, being supportive and being in it with them and handling part of life. Mm-hmm. While they perform their craft and do whatever they're doing, his wife was right there by him. She was. When he was doing um, the paint removal and different yeah. things, and she may have, she probably even
0: sourced that whatever material they used to get the paint off. Probably so. She seems like she uses the internet. He seems <laughs> like he does not. It's not a slide against him, but I, you know not what I mean. At all. I could easily see her finding this. Hey, you know the stuff you used in the seventies? They don't make that anymore. Yeah, here's, here's something thing. else we're gonna try. Yeah.
1: But she was just as excited. Yeah. Feeling that pain off, seeing what was under it. Like, she shared the enthusiasm. Right. With him. And having somebody like that by your side who will, you know, maybe you have a rough day. Yeah. They're going to be understanding. Yeah. If you have a great day, they're going to share in your celebration. Like, th- that has had to help him through some difficult times. Without question. In there and... uh Sort of make going to work every day enjoyable. Yeah, um, because they're not like, oh, you're gonna go try and make a living doing this. <laughs> yeah, you know, or <laughs> yeah I, I I don't know anybody like that because um, I don't know if that would last long term.
0: It's definitely got to put a strain on. Yeah, yeah someone trying to do that line of work if your spouse is completely checked out and just yeah. doesn't care. well, even in
1: the yeah. back of your mind, it's got to eat, sure. eat at it and, and affect your, your confidence or your focus or something in it. Yeah. But the fact that she was right there beside him, mm-hmm. just as engaged, just as excited, uh, I don't know. I It was noticeable.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: That's a very good point.
0: Uh, and there's other episodes uh, where his daughters are involved. hmm you know, yeah, um, and I, I find that really interesting. Yeah, that there's too. that that sort of family aspect to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they're capable as well. They they very much so get right in and get get dirty and mm-hmm. use the the tools and equipment to yeah, paint and you know finish and they do not everything he does, but they're knowledgeable in a lot of the processes. Right.
0: You you definitely know that if he says I need a Fill in the blank. Yeah. They're like, yeah, okay. They know how to, they know the names of all the tools. Yeah. You know, and which building to go to to find it. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, uh, I completely agree. It's a whole package, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like you look at one person and they also have this support, um, system around them and yeah, my,
1: micro community almost. Yeah.
0: And, and they've also, they've lived a life in such a way that they have this, Capital, if you will, where someone's like, "Oh, well, if Eric needs help, then I'm going to help you." Yeah. You know, because yeah. I remember that one time. You know, well, I think uh, that's. I didn't catch what the donut guy said.
1: I, I, did, I didn't. get He had a mask on, but it was something like, you know, you've helped me out help before. Oh, so really? Here, yeah. Here's the donuts, right? And, and it gave it to him. So, it, I'm sure there's, you know, a long time ago. In history, there was bartering and trading, mm-hmm. and also the the storekeeper at the general store. Right, you ran on credit part the of the ledger time yeah. because you couldn't always pay for it up front.
0: Well, if you were a farmer, you yeah. didn't get paid your, until your harvest
1: one day a year. Yeah, so you you had to to work as a community right for everybody to survive. Right, you know, the storekeeper had to know that you're going to run a tally most of the time yeah but you're going to come through and you're going to make good on it yeah um, so you're constantly you know ebbing and flowing in between um, debit and credit i guess with people
0: yeah and i think when you get into smaller communities if they're functioning properly people are able to be honest with themselves about um uh, that ledger in their head sort yeah. of thing. You know, yeah. there, everybody knows somebody where you, you wind up helping them with something. And if you were to attach a monetary value to it, it could be $500 or $1,000. Yeah. And that person might show up to help you with something or bring you something. And if you were to attach a monetary value to that, it would be like, a hundred dollars and they're like all right well there we're even you know and you're sort of like okay they're not keeping a good some measure
1: yes and sometimes no
0: oh sometimes they'll come through with something that's far in excess you know yes
1: but there's some people that you know they're they seem to have hard times all their life that's so true. you do something yeah you know it, monetary value assigned thousand dollars yeah and they come back and they give you, you know, some apples they picked off the tree in their right. yard and they're like, I really appreciate what you did. Well, that to them, that bush of might, as well might as well yeah. be a thousand. Might as well be a thousand. And that's
0: true. And that's where you, you as a person, you have to gauge that and understand that, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. That the monetary value doesn't fit in a lot of those. Right. Situations. transactions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. In a small, healthy community, everybody is at least trying to even that to not that let the ledger too far. Yeah, you yeah, know, you know. Um, so I, I find that interesting. Uh, I don't know, but like I said, I just think he's uh, he's the, one of the coolest people on the planet. He is, and uh,
1: I'm going to throw this out there, maybe controversial, but the man can pick some flannel.
0: In so many patterns. <laughs> so many patterns. But you know what? Like when you see him wearing that, imagine that he was just wearing a polo shirt with khakis. You wouldn't it wouldn't, you wouldn't take him same. serious. No. No. Not at all. Because it just doesn't fit. It, it, does it fit. looks like he's right out of central casting. Mm-hmm. Somebody walked in and said, okay, foreman of, santa's workshop (laughs) and they were like i got just what you need yeah (laughs) you know and they call him up like he's just like everything about him is uh i don't know he's just the coolest guy ever he is and the good thing is there's two seasons so we got a bunch more oh Uh, just started yeah and and hopefully i still think this was a short episode but we'll we'll see i'll have to look at the time counter on some of the others yeah but, uh, but yeah. Well, if anybody if anybody is out there and they haven't seen it, please, please, please. Absolutely. Go look up The yeah. Craftsman on HBO. It, it's, it's now called Max. Max. But originally okay. it would have been HBO. Okay. But, okay. but um, yeah, Max. Um, whatever the monthly fee is for that. Obviously, we're not associated with them in any Obviously, way. Yeah, and, uh, Blue box, uh, uh, we're just fans. And um, these are... These are some of my favorite episodes because we we just watch the show and then we talk through it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm I'm just sort of making mental notes of of, uh, all the things that he does because I think he's just a great pattern for for anybody that wants to be a craftsman. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where we leave it? I think that's where we leave it. All right. Till next time. Till next time.